0: You're listening to Heart & Hustle Podcast, where we boss so hard. I'm Angelica Yard. And I'm Charisma Moran. Join us every week to discuss entrepreneurship, creativity, business, balance, and life.
1: Take control of your business and your life, and never forget to Dream Big, Work Hard routine.
0: Yes, it is. By the
1: is. time you are listening to this, it will be June. I know.
0: Oh, I'm so, it's the middle of the year. Like, this is the halfway point, so if you haven't done anything yet, you need to do it right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, Time to get your goals in order. And if you're in Orlando, you need to join Angelica and I on June 11th for the Women in Business Speaker Series. Or if you know someone in Orlando, send them our way, because we would love to have them. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. June's going to be great.
0: It's awesome. I'm so excited for it. And do
1: you have any, I feel like you have something else coming up in June that we should mention.
0: Nope. Yep, I think that's it.
1: Are you sure? What about a summer line? Do we get a summer line for Studio We, we do
0: get a summer line that's coming okay. in June yeah. next okay. week, next Monday.
1: See, that's, I told you you had something in June. I don't, I don't think it's
0: important. No. It
1: is important. Um, as we know, I'm obsessed with your print, so it's extremely important.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'll, so I'll take I'm it. I'm looking
1: forward to it because it's going to be a super creative month. But uh, as we know, creativity is only half of having a business. The other big portion of it is like money and accounting and all those things that you and I have repeatedly said that we are not the best at. So no. I'm really excited about our guest today, Michelle from the Holistic Wallet. Hey, Michelle. Yay. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hello, So hello, you're hello. a personal finance strategist. I'm so excited to have you on because uh, my like whole bank account is just like a big mess. So I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like fun. So, today we're going to be talking about managing your money, and we're going to talk finances specifically for entrepreneurs. So, let's just go ahead and get started. And how about you tell us, like, what sort of services you offer?
2: So, I do personal finance strategy for, like, on a one on one basis with anyone who's either self employed or, an, you know, an entrepreneur or working for the man. <laughs> um, but, uh, so it's, it's basically like anyone who wants to like so the personal finance industry as a whole just like tends to be which is you know the reason why you have me on today is like it just tends to be very like overwhelming and um preach there's these words are just they make no sense and they're just over convoluted and just crappy um and like everyone gets turned off by it and but like you need money to survive so like you need money to pay for things and so like people come to me to like kind of clear that up so it's like kind of like translate everything into like normal human speak <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know, employee. sorry so yeah so just it, it's like really just you know coming up with systems and just a way to, like, to manage everything that like is effortless and efficient and easy and other e-words that I can't think of now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It so,
1: it's like you're, you're a lawyer translating stuff Yeah, to me that's what it's like, because I don't understand law,
2: you know, know nothing on law, but uh, the lingo is like, it's just, it doesn't, it's unnecessary, like, it's just very um, divisive, like, it just, it's like people in the finance industry, like, uh, on like a pedestal compared to like everyone else, and like, nobody really knows any more than, you know, what they're doing any better than, you know, an average person, it's just, that's how we feel.
0: Awesome. I always think that, like, it's a little antiquated, the terms that they use, because I do understand enough, because I do do the accounting for our company right now, I would love to hand it off to somebody else, but I understand it, and I love that the terms still are, like, from, you know, like, the 1700s, like, we're still using the same terms, basically, to control money decades later, I mean, like, centuries later, so that's so funny.
2: Yeah. And the intuitive, like, the whole, like, credit and debit, like... everyone is confused by that like it, there's just and, and just like qualitative easing and just like all these terms that just like get thrown around in the news that like no one has any idea like what they could possibly mean
1: i was gonna say i love but, how like she said credit and debit and i was so like oh yeah i know that and then she said something else and i was like nope nope i'm, <laughs> I'm <idea."> out i'm <laughs> out
0: back out <laughs> this conversation <laughs>
2: uh,
0: no that's...
1: So, yeah,
2: but that's that's the intention of the phrase. it's like it is stupid but yeah, and oh. I also have a, an online course for people who want to like, cause, you know, money's kind of, kind of like a really private thing. So like, and, you know, we kind of don't want to talk to anyone else about it because we think like we're so ashamed. We think like our situation is so much worse than everyone else's and we're stupid and, you know, we, we, we just make horrible decisions our whole lives. And um, so, anyway, so I have a course also to like, you know, so people can kind of, it's really just what I do with a client one-on-one Made into like easy to follow
0: steps. Like without so, the like, embarrassment of feeling scared. like you're judging us, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could just like take the course and just like
2: be your personal finance strategist on your own.
0: For the most <laughs> That's exactly. awesome. Well, I want to know, um, first of all, you think about money. This episode, the whole time I'm thinking about all of the rap videos from the early 2000s. So all I'm seeing is, like, money being thrown in the air. But um, So should entrepreneurs have emergency funds? And then, like, how much money should one put in one? Like, I know there's a percentage, usually, that people talk about. But, like, how do we do that? So
2: basically, so, like, so for, like, an entrepreneur, I'd say like it's kind of like backwards from when you're employed by someone else. So like when you're employed by someone else, you know, you you earn a certain amount of like probably like a fixed income Mm -hmm. and you, you know, determine like what your expenses are and what you can afford based on that. When you're self-employed and you're an entrepreneur, like you have control over how much you earn. So you can kind of like earn however much you need to survive or or to live comfortably or to do whatever you want to do for the most part. Um, So like, yes, entrepreneurs should totally have emergency savings because like your income you know like the market could change or you know your business could become obsolete like what anything could you know could happen that, that you could just all of a sudden wake up a morning and not have any money coming in Um, but like how much money that is like is relative to like your comfort so like like just so there's people you know that a lot of stuff out there says like three to six months of living expenses or um, a year's you know, a, a year's, whatever, however much you make get in a month, like, in a year's worth of that, like, but it's kind of just, like, like, what your tolerance for risk is, um, and, like, like, what you absolutely need to, to get by, and, like, like, if you rent a home, like, or, like, if you could easily get out of your rent, out of your lease, and, like, move in with your parents if something got, you know, went really bad, like, you probably don't need as much money as, as if, like, you have, like, three kids and a mortgage, you know? So, it's kind of like, like, there's, like, people, you know, people come to me and they're like, give me a number, and I'm like, I don't really want to do that, because, like, it just varies person to person, it's kind of just like, what would help you sleep better at night, you know, like, aiming to putting it away, and, like, any little bit helps, you know, it, You know anything that, that can, you know, alleviate stress of, like, how am I going to, you know, keep myself sheltered and fed, but, <laughs>
1: Yeah, love how you said like whatever helps you sleep best at night because I I do think that makes sense. Like knowing that you have a certain amount in the bank that is just going to bring you comfort and you know you know that no matter if you don't make a sale that week or whatever, you just you're going to sleep fine. You're going to be okay. You kind of have that cushion,
2: right? And you have money to like you know take the time to like figure out a new source of you know a new source of revenue or something to you know you're not like, like up against the wall and like. You know, really just hope it, you know, just do anything, for, you know, to, to just, you know, cover your bills and, and stuff and making, you know, bad long term decisions based on a short term. Yeah.
1: So, getting into like credit scores, how important is a credit score and what kind of actions can you do to improve theirs if it's not looking
2: so hot right now? So, the credit score is only really relevant is if if you're shopping for credit or like getting a job. I mean, I, I know some employers check credit scores, um, but for the most part, it doesn't impact your ability to get the job. Um, at least not what I've seen in, during my days of corporate finance. But um, your credit score like will determine what access you have to credit and what interest rate you're paying. So the better your credit score, the cheaper like the lower your interest rate. Than, you know the, the cheaper your credit. Um, and, and you yeah, so, know, like, so, so there's a few factors that, that kind of make up your credit score, and, like, they're kind of weird, um, like they're, like, which isn't weighed as heavily as other ones, but, like, one of them is, like, how many different types of credit you have. So, basically, like, if you have a car loan, a credit card, a student loan, and a mortgage, like, you look like a better credit candidate than someone who just has a credit card. Which is kind of funny because, like, you have someone who's like in more debt than someone who isn't in de- um, or isn't in as much debt. And I apologize. There's an ice cream truck going around my neighborhood. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> old school.
1: Well, I haven't seen an ice dope. cream
2: truck forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, they come, they come around and around and around. I can I cannot time this. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so
1: if like <laughs> it was right outside the house, I'm just saying.
2: can I I pause this for a second and just run outside the door (laughs) you go with that um anyway so so your credit score um it so there's like the different types of credit so like your credit score is important but like don't get totally hung up on it because like it's your score is for creditors it's not like it's not a score it's not like an sat score like oh look how smart i am look at how well i manage my finances like like, I know people who have really high credit scores and just have, like, done horrible things with their money, like, just don't know where the money's going and just, you know, waste a lot, but they pay all their bills on time and they have lots of different, you know, they have credit lines for 20 years and they have, um, you know, different types of, of credit and they have, a, like, an 800 score. And then I know other people who, you know, might have missed a payment or even didn't miss a payment, but, like, you ha- just... Like 70% of their credit line of their credit card. Um, and there's the, the, their one line of credit. So like that credit utilization, I know I'm using terms that are a little convoluted. I'll get back to that in a sec. But, um, <laughs> okay. But they're like, so if their utilization is too high, but like, like, let's say someone like my cousin had a credit card, she had a $1,000 limit and she had $700 on it cause she booked a vacation. So her, so she was using 70% of her credit line and it it like pulled down her score drastically because her utilization ratio was so high, that ratio they like to see like below thirty percent. Oh. But like yeah, so they um, so anything, oh. anything above thirty is like a, you know, it's not horrible, but it's it brings down your score. So she looked like a bad credit candidate, but she was fine. Like she you know, she was she had a good job, she was making payments on time, but her score was in the six hundred. So um it's there's ways to manipulate your score. Um, there's, you know, it's really just paying down debt and making your payments on time. Like that's really the best way to to bring up your score, and you know, get below thirty percent and time of payments. And then you know, there's other factors like um, you know the the different types of credit, the length of your history, which you know you can't control. Time, you know, that's just a waiting game. And there's always a fifth factor that escapes me, but. It'll come to me, like, at the end of the
0: interview. No, this is, like, <laughs> I've learned so much. It's not even been 15 minutes, and I'm over here, like, my <laughs> no. notes. Well, especially because I so I, I've never like I don't I've never had a credit card <laughs> I've never had a Carlo like I just don't use credit it scares me to death and so I pay for everything cash it's not it's, it's very bad um so is there a certain amount of credit cards that someone like me who only uses cash to buy most things should or should not have like what is the, the amount of credit cards that you should be using um
2: I mean like I'd say one, like, credit cards are good for, like, they have rewards. They have, like, cashback rewards or, you know, miles or whatever, you know, like, there's... Or, like, um, warranty rewards or, uh, you know, like, fraud protection, that kind of stuff. Um, So I think, like, credit cards are good when they're used well, when, you know, when when used responsibly. Um, You know, that you budget for how much you're putting on it, you're conscious of, you know, what you're putting on it, as you're putting on it, and how you're going to pay for it at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. But... Um, like if you're looking for a mortgage, like if you're if you're gonna get a mortgage down the road, like they like to see that you have at least like three active lines of credit um, that you're you know paying responsibly, that you know to kind of prove that you're you know can you can make a payment. Um, you know if they're gonna lend you hundreds of thousand of dollars. They want to see that you have made other people payments. Um, but you know like like I want you know start out with one. Uh, shop around for like the best rewards like um one, a good sort of resource to kind of like scope out the best deals is nerd wallet
0: oh yeah i've and heard of that
2: yeah i kind of like anything that ends in the wallet so it sounds good to me yeah <laughs> so um so you kind of like can scope at like best cashback cards or best you know it kind of you know depends on your lifestyle like like i have a credit card that i use that has really good cash back on groceries and gas because that's kind of just what I put on it um so I can just and I get like the three percent on groceries and two percent on gas whatever it is and um and I get to like put like you know every now and then I get to add like, fifty dollars back you know towards my statement uh, balance which is exciting that like the credit card industries haven't made any money off of me yet um <laughs> or at least I shouldn't I shouldn't say that like back during my like before I became a personal finance strategist, I'm sure they made plenty of money off of me. But i <laughs> um, I learned the hard way. But yeah, so, so, um, I say, so like, oh, that's the other, that there, it comes to me. So the, like, how many inquiries, how many credit inquiries you have on your, like, the, any how many creditors are pulling your credit. And right. That uh, affects your score. That's factor number five. Um, so, mm. like, and that can break down your score so if you're like shopping so if you go like I need credit cards and you go like apply for five different credit cards like that might destroy your credit score um at least just temporarily um but so I say like you know do one like you know shop around you'll know, get get a good deal and apply for one then like in six months apply for another one um and you know you don't have to use it just because you have it. like you you know unless you know I say you know as long as there's no annual fee or any fees associated with having the card um you know they're okay to have and if they're if you don't use it and they close it like so be it you know that's it's not that's not going to hurt your score
0: oh that's awesome
1: yeah so i know a lot of like small business owners like personally who are in in debt And I think just a lot of, like, young people nowadays just have credit card debt. Like, it's just kind of become, like, a more common thing. So I'm wondering, like, do a lot of your clients have credit card debt? And if they come to you with debt and they're trying to get out of it, what are some of the steps that you kind of tell them, okay, this is what you got to do to kind of cut into this debt? Yeah,
2: so a lot of people have credit card debt. And, like, it's not not necessarily a bad thing, like, especially for entrepreneurs, like, I mean, you're self-employed and you don't know like what your income's going to be like to if you you know assuming you have you know savings also like it helps you know it's i sometimes like it's, you know assuming your your interest rates not crazy high but like i don't think it's the worst thing to pay you know $20 a month in interest to be able to like keep your savings liquid for like your health insurance premium or you know your rent or something you know while you're in between launches or something um, you know, I myself like where I where I'm like, all right, I'm paying twenty dollars this month because I don't want to go with my savings right now until this launch is over, and then and if it's not successful, then I don't have anything and I have to go back to work. Um, yeah, but but yeah, but everyone like I mean, I should I I'm not gonna say uh, it's credit card debt because that's not true, but um, I think like the average household. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, and it's and it's a lot too. Like like the average ha- American household is like fifteen thousand dollars of credit card debt. So
0: oh my goodness, like, it's
2: not like yeah. <laughs> so like so, anyway, so everyone every time I say that, like, everyone's like, oh, I'm not that bad. Like it's it's cool. Yeah, but um, and it is makes me feel better. But it is. I mean, it's really easy to like to get caught in that trap and and to you know. um, and especially with the, the, all the, like, the 0% introductory offers, and we all think, like, oh, like, I got this, I have 12 months, and, and then that 12 months comes really quickly, and you're, like, oh, I have to, like, pay 13% on this now. Um, but anyway, so, like, so for that stuff, I mean, there's, a, there's so many calculators online that, like, like, I've, I've, I have a few, like, developer friends who I've tried to get um, to do, to, um, to develop calculators for me, And it's kind of irrelevant because, or just a waste of time because there's so many out there, um, which I guess can also get overwhelming for everyone because there's just so many different ones. And then like one will say like, oh, well, over if you like you plug in your numbers, like you plug in, let's say you have three credit cards and balances, and you you have they're all have different interest rates. You plug them all into the calculator, and it shoots out like a schedule of you know how much you can afford to pay every month and how long it's going to take you to pay it off, and and it says like, and you're going to pay. $300 of interest. And then there's another one that you plug it all in again and it says you're going to pay $350 of interest. So, like, and that gets like really confusing to people. Um, and then you're just kind of like, forget this. Like, I'm just going to not, I'll just pay the minimums and deal with it. Like, I'll have money eventually and just pay it off. Um, but so, one of the, I, the, there's a couple calculators that I really like. Uh, one is on Credit Karma. Um, they have, like, a little section on their website that you don't even have to have an account with them to use their calculators. Um, but I think it's also good. They, they, they You can monitor your credit score there also um, while you pay off your debt. Um, and they can, they can also, like, give you deals. Like, um, they might recommend, like, a balance transfer, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, but they offer the, those kind of things and, and you know, different um, you know they, like they make their money based on the advertising of you know Chase or
0: credit cards or
2: whatever else this is you know advertising. So they're not necessarily the best deals, but they're not bad deals. Um, but there's also um, if you just term like snowball, uh, like a debt snowball or a debt avalanche. Um, there's calculators for that, which kind of like the the methodology behind that is like paying off one debt at a time so like rather than like saying like let's say your minimums are ten dollars on each card you have $300 to pay for three cards so you are it's like $30 but which is those are completely unrealistic numbers for the record but just yeah. bear with me and um, you have $300 a month to pay towards your credit card debt um, rather than putting like $100 towards each card you're gonna put you're gonna pay the minimums on two and put like the other 280 towards one balance and you're gonna just pay that, you know, keep paying that every month until that one's paid off. And then now you just have two credit card balances and you're gonna pay that off. And there's just, the, the reason why that's the best option is because there's like a psychological benefit of like, you pay, like you you finally reach that reward. Like rather than like paying three things off and like, you know, it's gonna take three years to pay it off rather than, you know, you have one you could pay off in six months and then and, that, and so then in six months you only have two and you, there's like that it's such it's like a huge psychological motivating factor to like see something like that you you worked hard to pay this down and now it's gone and now you only have two and then you've then then you have everything you're putting towards the first one to add to the you know the, the two balances and then you pay that down faster and then you have one and then you pay the last one down and um and there's, you know, there's there's two ways you can pay it down either by the highest interest straight first or the lowest balance first which i, I think is better it might not save you the, the greatest amount of money in the long term but like i think there's a there's a benefit to that that like when you pay off like if you have like two credit cards with $1000 and one credit card with 500 and you you can pay off the $500 one sooner like that's you're you're, you're going to see some reward for all your work much sooner than you know, if you paid off a $1,000 one first and you know, had to wait you know, for a few extra months, you could see some fruit of your labor <laughs> a
0: little sooner. No, this is also awesome. I actually love what you said about having a psychological benefit of paying things off because that's totally true. Like, if you have a debt and you pay it off and you're like, oh, snap, I don't owe people money anymore. It totally yeah. makes you feel better about yourself, which is why also, like, when we pay off things, like, I had a kid, you don't pay for your child first like up front with cash you pay it down but paying off the small bills first definitely have made has made a difference for us for sure so um i am a i am a big fan of the budget i won't do it like as seriously as i should but when i was like serious budgeting i was like carrying the cash envelopes from um dave ramsey like i did all of that so what is the benefits of having a budget and what sort of tips do you have for somebody who's never done that like they're creating a budget for the first time
2: well, I, I kind of just recommend something in between, like the envelope method, and like, and like your strict, like I don't, I can only really use spend this much, and like sticking to that, to like someone who just like charges everything and just has no idea like what money's going in and out. Um, there's like a budget is it's it's basically just like a spending plan. So you're 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 saying you know, you have your fixed expenses and you have your variable expenses and you have, you know, you in between in, in those categories you have your needs like you know what you have to spend you your your rent and mortgage your food you know and you have your wants like you know going out or movies or whatever or hobbies that we come up with that we find on pinterest and (laughs) your um how much money i've wasted based on you know things pretty things i've seen on pinterest but um and goals like so like you know Things and, and debt repayment, that kind of stuff. Um, and like, you know, what, your, what money you're putting away for a vacation or, or um, to buy a house or a fancy bicycle. <laughs> um, so there's, so there's that, you know, there's, there's, it's just a plan. So you're basically just saying like, I have this much money to spend every month and this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, everyone tries that and then it like, and something goes wrong, right? So like there's, there's always some variation that like you spend too much dining out or your grocery budget's totally unrealistic or you get a flat tire and you did not have you know budgeted anywhere and you're like you know how how am I going to pay pay for this um and then everyone just kind of gets discouraged you know because there's just so much uh, there's so many unknowns and so unexpected things that can then it just gets you know kind of hopeless um so my whole thing with that is like as long as you're tracking your spending and you know where your money is going um even you know if you go over budget you know once in a while like it's not the end of the world it's just money like you know we, we have money so we can spend it and or like you know if you dip into a savings goal like it's not the end of the world um but it's like as long as you're like my whole thing is just being conscious of it and like doing things with your money that you want to do with it. Like not, you know, like working so hard and earning money and then having no idea where it goes. And then you just kind of feel crappy about it and something. You feel crappy about like things you spend money on. And um, and that's just not fun. I, think, uh, I, don't, I, just, I don't like voting like that. I don't think many people do. Um, so my whole thing with budgeting is just like making a plan, you know tracking your spending and adjusting it as you need to like and knowing you know what you have to buy and what you don't have to buy like what you know what you're like there's nothing wrong with treating yourself to things i have nothing i don't i hope you know i feel like it's like dieting like you know people you know are like oh i have to eat like you know two thousand calories and i can't go over that and if i do i'm a failure it's kind of the same with money it's like i can only spend you know two thousand dollars And if i go over that i'm you know i can't manage my money and that's not you know that's not sustainable
1: so I love I that you called it a spending plan instead of a budget, because for whatever reason, like I hate the word budget. <laughs> i like, ah, no, like it always stresses me out. Like I do do them, but like, kind of like you said, like I feel like a lot of times there's, especially with like owning a business, there's just costs that I don't anticipate that come up and different things come up. And, you know, so I, I, I feel like I'm always stressed out about budgeting, but just hearing spending plan. Like, it sounds
0: really amazing. Important. It I'm sounds right? luxurious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> plan because I love plans and I love spending on I mean, just two things that I love. That's just great. So I feel like you know so far in this conversation I'm like, okay, maybe I have it a little bit together, a little like better than I thought. But I know that one area that I'm just completely lost is when it comes to maybe my retirement. So when it comes to retirement, like what advice do you have for entrepreneurs and how much like should we be putting away? Is it a percentage or like how does that work? I, I literally have no idea. Help me. <laughs>
2: yeah okay well i don't really have any idea either but well so the whole thing with, with retirement is like so when you're when you're self-employed like or I should back up when you're employed by someone else that so you're paying like pay, you know income tax and, and stuff like that and you're yeah. paying towards social security um and then you don't you know depending on how your business is structured you pro- you might not be paying as much or you know your account might be like trying to save you money and like so you're not really putting much aside um turn social security even though we have no idea where social security is going to be by the time we retire anyway um yeah. but the same thing goes like we have no idea what the cost of living is going to be when we retire true so like so like we can I say like
1: every time right now i've <laughs> never thought
2: of that until today <laughs> <laughs> you know, i mean like you know like you know they and, and you know financial planners and stuff like they you know they they go with they couple of plans or strategies based on historical data but like we have no idea how things are going to pan out like we have no idea how the stock market is going to you know you know work and over the next 30 40 years um you know what kind of return investment we're actually going to get on on our investments but um so my whole thing with with retire like saving for retirement is like whatever you can comfortably put away like that money like you're not gonna like that's not gonna hurt you like you're not gonna like not be able to like eat um and you'll still like be able to have like a a little fun money like put that aside for retirement like there's no there's no set number it's it's basically just like what you can make peace with um and like and when it comes to retire like like actually investing that money and like you're know, putting it away and like because it's you know you're not going to touch it for a while you the plan is not to touch it for you know several decades um or you know a few decades depending on how old you are if you're you know 10 years old starting the business you have quite a ways to go um i haven't i haven't met any 10 year old entrepreneurs so, um that might be irrelevant but um <laughs> for my kids i'm gonna be like you better start saying that <laughs> because it is tough out there okay. you're, you're eliminating and uh yeah so i should start putting that that nickel aside um but yeah so i say for entrepreneurs like for anyone that like or any anyone young really like there's like there's um you know there's i like in, you know tax Benefit created from an account, like you know, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, all that stuff, four um, hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, whatever. Um, where you know you put this money aside, and you you put money into it, and specifically for retirement, and there's like some tax benefits to it, and um, whatever. And that money, when you can't touch it, and if you do touch it, there are really hefty penalties. Yeah the government doesn't want you touching this money. They want you to save for your own retirement. Um, but like there's, there's also a little bit of value to me in just investing that money the same way you would if you, you know, like it's going into the same funds, the same stocks or bonds as, as ETFs, whatever that, you know, you're, you're for your your retirement invested in. It's just, like, you don't, like, for a traditional IRA, you don't pay tax on it, so, like, that money that you put in, like, you get to deduct from your income tax, um, or your your taxable income, but you can't touch that money ever, so, you know, people do, like, I've seen, you know, people will take money out of their retirement to buy a house, because they're, like, oh, this is a good investment, and, you know, this house will grow in value, like, a retirement account, because I won't, you know, I can sell the house and make a profit or something, um, but, like, anything like any investment you make I think regardless of whether it's a specific um, retirement account that you know has you know tax benefit um, or just a brokerage account that you're just you know have your money invested in stuff um, and it grows over time and based on whatever college you have or you know goals you have for that money um, and then if you in an emergency like for entrepreneurs like if you needed that money like it's somewhat liquid that you couldn't touch it without a penalty you know without paying you know hefty penalties like you might have to pay tax on it there's there you know there's there's stuff that might happen or fees or whatever if you touch that money um but like you're not gonna have to pay like steep penalties it's 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 your money to spend whenever you want to spend it whether you want to spend it in 10 years or 40 years is up to you
0: that's awesome. Like you already started answering the question that I have, which is also, I think it's funny because we did have a 401k, Um, obviously uh, like an emergency came up and we spent the, the snot out of it. But that's something like I'm trying to figure out because we are going to hire employees. What can we offer them as a plan? Mm-hmm. And so um, one thing that I wanted to know is what uh, you told us a little bit about the, tr- the a traditional IRA basically doesn't have taxes on it, but you can't touch it. So what's the difference between that and a Roth IRA?
2: So the Roth is the is the opposite. So like the Roth, you're, you're paying, like the money that you're putting into a Roth IRA, you're paying taxes on. Okay. You don't get to deduct that. So the the reason why they're structured in two different ways is like, it's kind of like a gamble over like whether your tax rate's going to be lower for now or later. Um, so like I've seen people, you know, do both because you don't know what your tax rate right. is you know, going to be when you're you know, retiring. Because when you went to... From your traditional IRA, right, that's when you start paying tax. You know, you pay your you tax on that,
0: right? Um,
2: rather than a Roth IRA, you're like when you're sixty-five, you're not paying tax on that money. You already did when you were thirty. Yeah, um, so that's... that's kind of the the difference.
0: There. that's awesome because i think like chris was saying she didn't think about how much the cost of living is going to be when we get older but i'm pretty sure like my grandma didn't think that apples would be like five dollars a piece you know so yeah money has changed so much differently just in 70 years so imagine when we get older it
1: Really has. i feel like it's changed, changed a lot since we're a little
0: but I that's true
1: I mean, like, I just, even with the kids and now i'm like wow this is crazy um So I kind of want to get into, like, investing because that's something that I'm looking to do. Like, I'm getting close to 30, so it seems like it's a good time to start doing this and be an adult. Um, So if someone has, like, $1,000, $5,000, ten thousand dollars what are kind of the best avenues to go about investing with those particular different numerical values?
2: So I think the amount of money is, relevant I think whatever you want to do with it um, is, is what matters. matters. So so like and, and the thing with that is like so stocks, you know, some stock might cost like ten to five dollars, one might cost like two hundred dollars. There's there's a lot of um there's a lot of expensive investments out there. So like you can buy like five shares of I have actually have absolutely no idea how much a stock of Apple costs right now, but
0: I can tell you. Apple hold on, <laughs> I have these numbers. I track them. <laughs> 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 Apple is ninety eight ninety nine dollars and eighty six cents right now. <laughs> okay.
2: yeah, so you were pretty close. That's awesome. I'm really impressed. Um, so yes, yeah, so you can buy like ten shares of Apple for a thousand dollars. Like you're putting all your eggs in one basket, which is really, really. Yeah. Um, so, the, the one thing I can say about, like, regardless of how much money you have, like, diversifying is, and knowing your your uh, risk threshold is all that really matters. So, what I like now that, like, our grandparents or parents might not have had, or, you know, that our parents might have it now, but, um, is, are these, like, robo-advisors where you kind of just, like, it's. ETFs, uh, exchange traded funds or mutual funds and where it's kind of like a bunch of stocks or bonds or whatever mm-hmm. and that they're diversified in themselves um, and so lower fees and, and there's whatever other benefits but like they're, and they're cheaper so like you can buy like a 20th of a share of Apple or something like that um, you know it dep- depending on whatever that fund is invested in Um. But, so, but you have these, because here, so, you know, the whole, why the financial planning industry, you know, came about was because investing was such like a complicated process and, um, and you had to, you know, do all this research and is this company good to invest in, is this bond, you know, how has this bond performed over the past five years or three months or whatever. And so you have these people who, you know, dedicated careers to, to figuring this stuff out for you and I oh, Um, and it, what's funny is they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about because anything can happen, like, like what happened historically isn't necessarily going to repeat itself in the future. Like there's probability and there's something. there's, there's algorithms or whatever that you can figure out to determine stuff, but we have, like anything can happen. Like you can have a collapse, you know, like we had the recession, like no one saw that coming, no one, you know, if they did, no one, you know. Would have lost half their retirement savings during it. So um, we really, so like all these pe- these humans that do the, they don't really know anything more than a robot does. Um, you know they're making the same kind of calculate. You know the same kind of assessment. Um, so what you can really do is like be diversified and like so you know not put all your eggs in one basket in case you know like one you know these ten stocks fail, then you have ten others that could do better and you know counterbalance. You you know invested in oil and solar energy you know kind of thing you don't you know one of those is down to perform right um, <laughs> yeah so um so there's so there's that so i liked, i just like robo Advisors. so you have anything from like acorns where you can invest like fifty dollars you know and and you get like a tenth of a share or something and your money you know grows and um and any or you can invest five thousand dollars um but there's there's a lot of there's so many firms out there um and I don't really have one that I recommend over any others because they, they kind of all do the same thing. There's, there's Betterment, there's Wealthfront. Um, there's, you know, I think like Charles Schwab is getting into that yeah. thing now where they used to just have investors or advisors and now they have robots, uh, because that's the future. And robots
1: are taking all our jobs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, we have, so we have all that stuff. Um, there's, personal capital which could like analyze your portfolio for you so, so you don't have to like figure out like oh is this a you know is this a foreign stock or you know is this a bond like and you know determining because it because like you're that'll say like you know you, you plug in your your risk tolerance like so like if you're if you have a thousand dollars and you would die if your thousand dollars turned into nine hundred dollars like your risk tolerance is really low you're going to to want be really, And like stick mostly to bonds. Whereas someone who's like, no, like I'd rather take my $1,000 and try to earn, you know, make it $1,500, but I understand that that could turn into $600. Like their risk tolerance is really high. They can progressive and invest in, you know, more stocks. Um, But like these robo advisors like determine that for you and come up with like a bunch of funds to invest your money for you. Without you having to do anything, you know, with you just being like, this is what my plan is. This is my time. I need money in 10 years or 20 years or two years. And this is my risk tolerance. This is like what will make my stomach turn if, you know, this happens or doesn't happen. And um, they kind of just, you know, take care of it for you. And from my experience with them, they don't do any better or worse. You know, they, they don't. Than, than humans. And I kind of think that they do a little bit better than humans because they take out that emotional, um, yeah, say there's like, no bias, sell right, where you're just like, oh my God, like things are turning down, like I have to sell, sell, sell. And, it, and it's like, no, you know, just it, it, it usually that it does come back, you know, how long it's going to take to come back, no one really knows. But like, you know, depending on what your time frame is, it's probably going to come, you know, if you, if you don't need, if you need the money in a year, like you might, you know, you shouldn't have invested it in something that risky in the first place. But, like, if you don't need it for 20 years, like, it's going to come back.
0: That's For 10 years, even, it's going
2: to come back. So... Um, but, like, we, as as people, like, we have this emotional reaction to, like, seeing our, you know, $1,000 turn into $1,100 and then turn into $900, and, we're, like, we'd rather just get the 900 than you know, lose even more. Um, but that $900 probably is going to go back up to a, to a dislike. like ignore it for the time being just let it let it do its
0: thing and hang tight yeah david and i like fake invested there's like i don't remember who does it they do like fake investment in stocks and so we have fake stocks (laughs) so we can just see how we emotionally were just to see how we would be Mm -hmm. when we invest in it actually i feel like that's actually a good idea for people who had
1: emotionally yeah um, we were
0: pretty like we were pretty solid that's why I have stocks on my phone still because those are the ones that I fake invested <laughs> yeah. in but it, I mean it worked out pretty good because we just definitely wanted to see where we were before we made that kind of decision because like you said and we have friends that are invested in you know they invest and they we've seen friends lose you know lots of money and we've seen friends make a lot of money and just knowing the uh, emotional up and down it kind of scared us so we needed to like test things out but i think we're at a point where we're like after we get all our other stuff together we know you know we have a plan for investing and what we want to do and where we want to invest so i really love all the things that you're saying because i'm like i'm not as stupid as i thought i was this is great
1: with entrepreneurs since like so much of entrepreneurship is risk i do see a lot of entrepreneurs being you know willing to play the stock market and kind of see where the cards land because you know a lot of us take risk every single day so waking like, up I, is I, a I, risk i feel like I'm getting excited like
0: thinking about it yeah we it, rely, it, rely that it, the, the internet something. is gonna work and that's a risk because one day we may wake up and the internet may be completely down yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be screwed <laughs> so um we um we just recently switched banks and we we did a lot of shopping but i know a lot of people who i know are starting businesses have no idea like where to start do you have any bank recommendations that you give people who are just starting out with their own businesses or do you have like banks that you prefer or does it matter
2: um i think like you know shopping around for like someone that doesn't charge you you know that will cost you the least amount of money or you know earn you the most amount of money i think is ideal um Anyway, it kinda of, you know, it, it varies geographically, you know, like or, or you know, what your access is to like a credit union right. or um, you know, who like what branches you have nearby if you, if you if that's important to you. Like some people are totally cool with internet banks which don't have branches and therefore their cost of you know their expenses are lower so they can pay higher interest on your savings versus like, you know, someone you who like a bank like T D or Wells Fargo or something that they have branches and they don't pay much at all into your, you know, simple savings.
0: Yeah, which is um, ridiculous, ridiculous because there's rate. no people in the bank anymore. Like, there's one yeah. person in my bank like, branch, just one girl. So I'm like, why am I not making more money? Because there's only one person employed here and I have to go talk to a machine about money. Like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's
2: ridiculous. And, what, and especially with what they pay for, like, their credit card interest. It's like, so you're, you're paying me... 10 basis points like you're know, like a tenth of a percentage point and you're charging me 13 percent or 17 percent or oh my goodness like, yeah like, like it, it's just ridiculous um so who do but, you specifically bank with um i think on like my business checkings with santander be, because um the way that i chose them was um i basically just went on i think i went on nerd wallet um or you can like you google like best business bank or you know best personal savings bank you know like the best personal savings account like you can you know, google those kind of things um nerd Wallet's, you know pretty good in that like like you know they're they're all advertisements but um but they have a, they give you a good like place to start like you know to to go to the um the bank's websites themselves and kind of do your own little research there rather than, than like you know coming up with a list of 10 banks to you know You know, browse, peruse their their websites. Um, so I chose Santander because they didn't uh, they waive their monthly fee for business checking if you have like three automatic deduction withdrawals. Mm. So I have like like having an online business. Like, there's Mailchimp. There's yeah, uh, cash. Like, there's there's all these you know different things that like I have automatic monthly expenses. My cell phone bill, you know, Mm. that um. That, that come out of that so i waive the 15 a month fee which is cool um just you know, by setting that up as as an automatic payment um so that's kind of just why i chose that bank but like, there's a few banks
1: that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm definitely doing because i'm paying 17 a month and they don't care how much i spend out of my account they're like whatever we're still charging you oh that's
0: not nice
1: <laughs> i know and, and, and like she's like yeah, and there's ways to make money. I'm like, what? I'm like, I am clearly doing
2: banking wrong. I need to do some homework in this department. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, they're both banks at the end of the day. Like they're all, look, I understand they have to make money, but like I have to gain, like they, like when I had, when I first graduated from college, I had like $50,000 of credit card debt and car, a car loan and student loans and stuff. And I paid my share of interest, I think. And I'm done paying interest or fees and stuff. So I'm, I'm, Pretty adamant about like trying to find ways out of doing that. Amen. Just because you know the banks, you know they're they're not they're,
0: they're fine not good
2: people. You know, I mean, they're not bad people. I don't mean to like be so anti-bank because you know, I come from the banking industry, but like they they did some shady things and got like, yes. like, all into yes. a lot of trouble. Like they kind of destroyed a lot of jobs,
0: <laughs> right? So, cough,
1: Bank of America. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they kind of. So you know.
2: I try to, you know, like uh, I try not to give them too much of my business, yeah, um, or my, my money. I, th- there's someone else out there that will do that instead. So.
1: So you've mentioned a few tools already, but what are some of the tools that you use to kind of keep control of your finances and keep everything in order? What are
2: the ones like you can't live without and you super love? So my my favorite. Is just like a spreadsheet, like a whether it's Google Docs or Excel or Pages on, or not Pages. What, what is it called on Mac? Whatever.
0: I have no um, idea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like isn't a spreadsheet, like a do spreadsheets. Are, yeah, yeah. Oh uh, no, uh, that's the, the word processing one. The oh. numbers, I think, yeah, uh, whatever. You can use. You can use <laughs> it's pages you like, just okay. Excel. <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So there's um spreadsheets are just like I like to do things um consciously so like like I have to like type in a number or write out a number um there's like things like Mint or or LearnVest or um things that like um are now YNAB need Y-N-A-B for you need budget yeah where like they can link up your your sync up your your bank accounts and credit cards and stuff and they just automatically like Put everything in, and categorize it or whatever. um I hate that, and I think it's so bad for people. Like we're not we're, like we need to like know what we're spending at, if, um, not like after the fact that oh I only have twenty dollars left in my grocery budget and it's the seventh of the month. You know, like we need to. I I don't like that stuff. So I I kind of discourage that, even though they they've gotten really popular. I think like actually I I've, I've spoken to so many people about this and they're like oh I love mins and I I love. And then, like, three months
0: later, like, it has helped me none. Like, Yeah, Mint didn't help me at all. I actually had my Mint set up to send me the reports on Friday, which is hilarious because I got paid when I had a job on Friday. So it was, like, almost like being, like, you know, hey, you did good last week, but you have no responsibility (laughs) until next week. So it totally didn't help (laughs) me. And when we did Dave Ramsey, that's when I set up our spreadsheets. And I honestly, like, I agree with you. I love doing the spreadsheets. I love having our little formula and being able to enter in it because it makes me responsible for what I'm spending rather than just like turning a blind eye to what an automatic processor is doing for me.
2: Yeah. And I think I mean, like and spreadsheets can kind of be like a little intimidating to people, but like it really, it's just addition and subtraction. Like it's really not, you know, there's, there's nothing you know too crazy about it. There's, there is one app that the I mentioned, YNAB. Right. You need a budget. I was, obsessed with last year um or a couple years you know, for the past two years um where it was it was like the a budget software um and it was like 60 dollars. it was more expensive but it was like 60 dollars for like for life they um and you had to manually enter everything so it had like a you know computer software program and then it was an app on your phone that like would sync up um and you had but you had to like man, like it didn't sync up to any accounts you had to manually enter everything and, um, and it helps like with credit card debt and, and like, and, you know, saving for the future and you can only save, you can only pick like budget for what you, what cash you already has that like you got out of like that living paycheck to paycheck thing. Like you, you, your paycheck paid for the upcoming month's expenses rather than the past month. Um, but they just changed their software so that it, it gives you the option to sync up. Um, and they changed their pricing structure so that you have to pay $5 a month for life. So you're paying sixty dollars a year, um, and that kind of—I was a little disappointed by because I thought that it was really effective to to do it manually. But, you know, the first time around, I thought I liked i didn't think it was a thing that was broken that they had to fix. Right. Um, but I guess you know people wanted that and they did it, and I just don't think it's effective. Um, and it, and it was like a, it was a, a little more complicated of a software. So they had really great webinars and like with lots of weapons you ask questions and stuff to like learn how to like so you can ask like I have this credit card or I have um I get reimbursed this expense from my, my employer like how do I do this or I have a business I have business expenses mixed in with my personal expenses like how do I do that and um and they were really good with like explaining the accounting behind it. um which and they still do that which is cool but um but I'm a little disappointed that they like they give the option of thinking that um i I just don't i just i'm very anti-sync um but i like i just like you know spreadsheets and or pen and paper like even like you know printing printing out a budget or you're writing it out on a a piece of in a notebook and like tracking your expenses like there's like lots of apps you know like for free or for a dollar you know on iphones and droids and stuff that you can you know create like put like then plug in your budget that you, you make into this app and then um you know track your spending as you go so like and you have to like manually and it, you know it, it takes you know a few weeks to like get into the habit of like going to get gas and at the gas station plugging in how much you just paid on you know paid but then you can see like the cumulative amount like at any point in the month and then you're like okay i spent six dollars on gas like i have thirty dollars left for the month um rather than like waiting like charging it and then or you know using your debit card and then like having to wait for that transaction to stop pending so that it populates in your mint and then you're like oh like you know yesterday I had $200 left and now I only have 100 you know like I didn't realize that that expense was pending because um, there's that delay so I don't, I'm not crazy about um you know looking back retroactively I like you know looking at it presently being present with your money
0: <laughs> I love that
1: I love that too. Well, thank you, Michelle, so much for speaking with us today. I like learned so much. I'm hoping that Angelica took notes because I'm like I'm, I'm on like page three
0: it. of notes. Like it's <laughs> real. <laughs> like,
1: yay! like yay. Okay, I'm gonna have to like read them all over, and like at, my head is just like Whoo! so much. Um, thank you so much to our awesome uh, listeners for coming back week after week. And if you want to find out more information, uh, Michelle, it's gonna be on our website at Heart and Hustle podcast.com and of course you can reach out to us with questions or to her uh, questions comments encouragement with the hashtag hashtag bust so hard uh, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Heart and Hustle Podcast on Twitter Heart and Hustle Pod and Snapchat at Crows so you guys have a great week and we'll next Wednesday
0: awesome bye bye